most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. This is your fantasy preview for Super Bowl 58. I'm your host, Chris Raymond of the Action Network. Joining me to break down the game, the number one fantasy ranker in the game, the most accurate projector, most accurate odd setter, the odds maker, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? What's up? Uh, happy Super Bowl week. A uh, bit disappointed we, we're not going to be in Vegas uh, to watch the game, but maybe we could watch it here uh, in L.A. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's a zoo. Like I was in Arizona last year. It, it it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's a great experience, but it is it is a zoo. So I know like people <laughs> like us were kind of exhausted by the time we get to yeah. Uh, yeah. what is it? Week week 22 or 23. So, eight or uh, whatever. Yeah. 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 Really. Right. Yeah. When you count preseason and all that stuff. So uh, we'll be chilling. But uh, yeah, we're going to bring- uh, track all my, you know, 15 and 20 bets on the back of a pizza box again. <laughs> I think it was an envelope. Oh no, it was the back of a pizza. But you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was. I'm, I'm looking forward to <laughs> like going to get pizza while like the top receiver in the game tears their ACL. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought you may have thought I was like pranking you on that, but unfortunately, it was true. Odell Beckham yeah. was out. Hey, he, uh, you know, who's he? Uh, he got his ring, so that, at least yep. that happened. But uh, yeah, we're gonna break down all the. Uh, we're going to try to touch on all the relevant players here in this uh, Super Bowl matchup as far as it pertains to DFS. We'll also build uh, – we'll go head-to-head to build a lineup so that, you know, you'll kind of see, you know, even if some guys are gone and there's, like, some alternate lineup constructions, uh, we'll see how that goes. So uh, we'll get into all of that. And uh, also a reminder, if you haven't left us a five-star or rating and review and you enjoy the show, uh, please jump in and do that. Uh, all feedback is a gift. Uh, we choose our top – uh rating a review each week and you can get a free year of action pro or some swag from the action network store uh this week's winner is matt h man so thank you matt h man you can hit up podcast at actionnetwork.com to claim your prize also don't forget action network discord uh more information the link in the episode description for that and uh, if you download the free award-winning Action Network app, we have our newest feature, Fantasy Sync. So if you play Prize Picks, uh, you're going to love that link in the episode description as well. But without further ado, let's get into Super Bowl Fifty-Eight Chiefs Niners. Niners favored by two total, forty-seven and a half. Uh, and uh, luck ranking-wise, I know it's like a it kind of has a lean to a, a luck over. Um, just any thoughts before we get into it, just on your general thoughts on the game or, you know, game script, any, any way in particular you think this is going to go? Do you think the, the market has it right? Or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think the market has it right. I think the Niners are the better team on paper. Uh, but this is, you know, a dynasty in the Chiefs. And 
possibly one of the best quarterbacks ever played the game, Patrick Mahomes. So I'm not interested in betting against him. So I haven't picked the side yet. Same thing with the total. I, I would lean towards the under. Uh, I think both teams will probably attack their weaknesses, which is the run defense. Uh, but the luck rank, uh, you know, two and a half, uh, you know, pointing to the over does give me pause. So that's just a lean too. Uh, so no official plays on the cider total yet, but I have like 15 props out there. Uh, but uh, have you locked in anything on the cider total yet? I'll be on Kansas City. Uh, I haven't locked in like my biggest bet on Kansas City because I'm just yeah. waiting to see how the line moves. But um, I mean, I and I'll obviously have write-ups on this, but and I've talked about it in the pods, but I just think once you really start digging into handicap, you have to make so many adjustments for the Chiefs um, just based on what they were doing early in the season, you know, versus what they're doing now. For example, like Kelsey wasn't playing the full snaps he's playing now. Rice wasn't playing, uh, you know, all those like Tony Hardman, Sky Moore guys were playing a lot more. So once you do all that math, um, I think it's a lot more closer to a, a coin flip game. Um, so I think the Chiefs are a little bit, little bit undervalued. The total is kind of tough for me because I yeah. just see a wide range of outcomes. Uh, so I don't really have a play uh, on on the total. But I think as far as DFS goes, you know, we talk about this all the time. Your lineup, you get six spots uh, or five, depending on what site you're playing. Your lineup just has to tell a story. So, um, you know, you can you could kind of say, okay, well, this is if I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. If it's going to be a low-scoring game, maybe you throw in like a kicker or a defense or something like that. Um, so it's just about kind of telling that story, uh, in your lineup. All right, let's, uh, let's, let's go position by position here. Uh, do it a little different because so we can kind of hit on every player, um, at quarterback, I guess the question I'll ask you is, you know, the Mahomes versus Purdy matchup. Uh, I think, you know, you, I, and Friedman talked on our proper Palooza pod that at one point books had, um, you know, Mahomes, I think at 21 and a half. Uh, fantasy points and Purdy at 19 and a half. Both of those are a little bit high, um, but just in terms of the value, uh, what are you looking at? What do you, what do you, what are your thoughts on Purdy versus Mahomes uh, in this spot? Yeah, I think the, the prices are about right. I think Mahomes should obviously be higher priced than Purdy. I have him about two and a half points more projected. So, you know, $600 sounds about right. Uh, I do think Purdy, his, his roster ship might be, a bit too low here. I'm expecting a lot of people to be on Mahomes, but you know Purdy has a ton of weapons. He can spread it around. Uh, you know, throw it to Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, McCaffrey. So I think he's a solid uh, captain play as well. And something that I talked about before the year even started was he does have some sneaky rushing upside, even if he doesn't really tap into it that much. But when you look at his 40 yard dash, the first 10 yards of it, he was 90th percentile like in line with James Cook and Isaiah Pacheco types. He has really good, you know, short burst speed. And, you know, he's averaged nine yards of scramble this year, but he's only averaged one scramble a game. Uh, I compared his, you know, his potential rushing upside to Patrick Mahomes, ironically. And we've seen in the playoffs, similar to what Patrick Mahomes used to do, he's scrambled more in the playoffs. Purdy's been doing that. So he's rushed for 14 yards and 48 yards in the conference championship. So that's, I think he has more rushing upside than people realize. So he could, he could end up getting, you know, 30 plus rushing yards and a rushing touchdown here. So I think he has more upside in the playoffs right now with him using his rushing ability. That's why I do like him here uh, at 10 K and especially in the captain slide. I think he's definitely worth the play there. And yeah, I think like Mahomes is the second highest player I have projected on the slate, but um, you know, value wise, it's a little bit closer with, you know, that top tier 
of guys. Yeah. I still think Mahomes is a good play, but remember, he's not a guy that, unlike Purdy, he's not a guy that's going to sneak it uh, at the goal line. So he's going to have to do his likely through the air. He could scramble for a touchdown, but he's usually not going to get like a design rush attempt the way Purdy might uh, for mm-hmm. for a touchdown. So that's something you have to kind of uh, think about as you're creating lineups. I think Mahomes is, you know, the stacking options with him are a little more straightforward, whereas with Purdy, you can do things like, you know, if you think Purdy's going to get a rushing score, maybe you fade, you know, in lineups with him, you fade uh, a guy like Christian McCaffrey uh, and try to build a lineup that way, as, as scary as that sounds. But, you know, just something to think about <laughs> yeah. for uh, for tournaments. But uh, uh, let's go to running back. So uh, McCaffrey, highest projected player on the slate. He's actually, of all the, you know, non-cheap guys, he's – like on a points per dollar basis, he's my highest uh, value uh, play. Uh, what about you? What are your thoughts on on CMC? How much, like if you're building tournament lineups, how much are you like fading him versus uh, just letting it ride? I think, we, I think we have to play him. I think that's been a constant theme for both of us. Like no matter how high they price him, he's still offering value. Um, just given there's less players to choose from. So he has just an a bigger edge because of that. So yeah, I still think you got to go with McCaffrey. Um, if anything, you and I, we're going to be more comfortable taking some of these cheaper guys anyway. So I think just because you're going with McCaffrey, he might be, you know, his roster ship might be high. I think we're going to have a better shot than people, you know, taking McCaffrey at these, some of these like, you know, fullbacks, third string tight end, something like that. I think we're going to be equipped to kind of tackle that. Um, but yeah, like I think McCaffrey is worth every penny at 12 K and Pacheco's no slouch at 8K. I think he's he's a good value there. Um, definitely a sneaky play because I think, you know, the Chiefs are going to lean on him even more here. Um, we still don't know what the hell's going on with Jarek McKinnon. It sounds like he's going to be out. So I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is also worth a flyer at uh, 1.2K. But uh, what do you think about Kyle Juszczyk at $800? Is he somebody that I mean, he's excellent salary relief, but do you think he has a high enough ceiling at that price um, to, to sprinkle in at like a higher rate than normal? So I thought about this because uh, obviously he's going to be, you know, really important kind of linchpin because he is on the field a lot. Yeah. Um, the one thing I, I wonder about is, you know, Kyle Shanahan, such a such a deliberate play caller. And, you know, there's like guys like that, they don't, they don't want to show tendencies or they don't want to get too predictable. And mm-hmm. I've noticed that use is, you know, in the postseason under Shanahan, he's yet to be targeted in back-to-back games. Mm. Uh, and then this year he's had four other games where he's had at least 20 or more scrimmage yards, like he did in that conference championship where he, he caught a few balls. Um, he's never really followed it up with anything other than a single digit at most. So um, it's, it's, you know, it's still, we're still talking relatively small sample, but uh, I think there's probably going to be other guys uh, that I look to kind of be a little more overweight on in that tier, just because I, I don't know if we, I think we're pushing our luck a little bit with like, you know, two like above expectation or way above expectation enough for it to matter in DFS use check games. Um, yeah. So, so that's, that's kind of where I'm at. What are you, what are your thoughts on, on juice? Yeah, no, I, I think that like, it's between like, if you have to take a cheap guy, it's between Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Juszczyk. And I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has the higher ceiling because there's there's always the unfortunate potential of Isaiah Pacheco, you know, having to leave the game early. And Edwards-Hilaire, you know, seeing 10-plus touches, Juszczyk doesn't have that kind of ceiling. So I'm thinking in that range, um, I think 
Edwards Alaire is worth a flyer. Again, if McKinnon is inactive, uh, I think Edwards Alaire at you know twelve hundred dollars, you definitely want to sprinkle some of uh, him in there. Yeah, and I actually misspoke. I said McCaffrey was my highest point per dollar value. Uh, it's actually it's actually uh, the two Chiefs in that eight. Uh, 75 to 800 so it's pacheco and rice uh rice we'll talk about oh yeah. pacheco <laughs> pacheco i actually have projected um higher than brandon Ayuk by a couple of points and Ayuk is more expensive uh, and i have pacheco just like tiny bit above even a guy like debo samuel debo's more expensive and uh and so pacheco for me is actually a guy that you know i know mccaffrey is going to be all the rage and Two running backs doesn't always necessarily correlate in tournaments. So I think I will have lineups where I either fade McCaffrey or, or, you know, Pacheco will be in the captain spot or something like that. Because this Chiefs team, they have, like you mentioned, they're a dynasty. They have the one of the best quarterbacks uh, mm-hmm. of all time. But because their defense is so good, one of their paths to winning is, uh, you know, kind of riding the run game and and, and playing some ball control and, and, and doing it that way. And, uh, last year, Mahomes only threw for a buck 82 in the Super Bowl, but happened to throw three scores, you know, and then in the previous Niner Chiefs Super Bowl, Damian Williams ran for three scores. So there's certainly a path here for Pacheco to be the highest scoring player uh, yeah. in this game. And at 8K, uh, he allows you to do a lot of things that if you're just going like Mahomes or McCaffrey or even Kelsey or a guy like that in the captain spot doesn't let you do. So I think Pacheco's a really important kind of piece to building lineups and I think I want to be overweight on on him because if you also if you look at that Niner run defense uh you know you take out like garbage time because like mm-hmm. the Niners were in a lot of garbage time this year because they were up and when you're up uh you know you're not really trying to play run defense so you, you take those out and you look at the Niners run defensive metrics and they're just as bad as the Chiefs if not worse in certain areas and in the playoffs they are worse so I love I love me some Pacheco. Uh, that's one of my favorite values uh, on this on this slate. Yeah. So, uh, were you kind of alluding to like lineups with both running backs will be pretty contrarian? Because I can get behind that, especially if it's a Chiefs win. Uh, you know, Chiefs mm-hmm. leading game script. You know, McCaffrey's still going to be involved in the passing game, so that I think that's going to be the best game script for like a Pacheco and McCaffrey both hitting in the same lineup, and then maybe that lineup you can mix in a kicker. Mm-hmm. Or defense or something like that. But I think there is a path certainly for both running backs to hit because you mentioned it. I think that's going to be the game plan for both teams is to attack uh, their opponent's run defense. So I could get behind, uh, you know, both running backs in your lineup. You hear that Baltimore Ravens? <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. But... Right. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I don't, I would, maybe contrary is not the right word. Cause it's a one game sweep, but I do think, you know, just the, the common DFS knowledge is that you generally don't want to, Right. Um, if you're, you're trying to maximize your upside in tournaments, you don't want to have both running backs. But uh, I could definitely see this being a case where, you know, I mean, McCaffrey just such a big part of the offense um, that, you know, and, and Pacheco, we've both talked about this. Like, we don't really have Pacheco's touches projected too much lower than McCaffrey. You know, carry-wise, it's about, you know, a couple of carries. And then, obviously, you're going to project McCaffrey for probably maybe another catch and a half to two more. But overall... Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're definitely in the same neighborhood. So um, yeah, like like Pacheco, uh, Mitchell. Like I mean, I think Mitchell is like I don't know. I I, I think that he wouldn't have played unless McCaffrey bangs his neck at the end of the mm-hmm. last game. Uh, any thoughts on, on Mitchell? Do you think he gets carries outside of a McCaffrey injury? 
No, no, and he's yeah. like <laughs> twice as expensive as Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and I'm projecting Ceh with two more points. Like, I think Ceh will get some touches, whereas Mitchell, it's fair. Like, I know you you took under one and a half rush attempts, right? Yep, I think yep, yep. the most likely outcome is he gets one carry and no catches either. So, nope. Um, yeah, I am not touching him. He he does have this similar in-game injury upside as Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. If McCaffrey does unfortunately have to leave the game. Mitchell would, you know, crush at that price. Uh, but I just think CEH actually provides a higher floor where you can you can bank on him, you know, touching the ball a few times at least. So now I'm not getting much Mitchell. I think the backup to take is uh, CEH right now. Yeah, I totally agree because there's also the possibility of Debo uh, being the backup running back, oh, you know, because yeah. <laughs> like that was at the end of a game with McCaffrey yeah. And and so, you know, okay, we'll run Mitchell into the goal line and then we'll run him three more times to end it. But um, if it's like we still have to score touchdowns or we're in the middle of the field or something, D- it may very well be Debo too. So um, that's another thing to kind of consider yeah. with Mitchell's value. All right, wide receiver. Here's where it's going to get interesting. Uh, I mentioned uh, Rasheed Rice. I know you like him as well. Uh, he's actually coming up. Uh, is a really big value uh, for me. I have him. I have actually have him projected above Pacheco, <laughs> above Ayuk, above Samuel, above Purdy. So only Kelsey, Mahomes, and McCaffrey do I have projected higher than uh, Rasheed Rice. So I love him as a value. Any thoughts on on him? Oh yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, he should be priced similarly. To Debo and Ayuk, I haven't projected ahead of them as well um, in that 9K range, but he's 7,600, so he's a no-brainer. I mean, especially on a full PPR site like DraftKings, his his reception prop is 6.5, which I'm in line with. So uh, he has that edge over uh, Debo and Ayuk, and, you know, they tend to cancel each other out with, you know, Kittle and McCaffrey as well, and the, the Chiefs passing attack is so top-heavy with Rice and Kelsey that you, you just know he's going to get his. So he's, yeah, he's a no brainer play at 7,600. Yeah. And he's starting to play 90, over 90% of the pass snaps where that wasn't always the case for much of the season. Um, he did it in two out of the three playoff games. And the one he didn't, I believe he left for a couple of plays. He was uh, a little banged up. So mm-hmm. um, I expect him to probably get, you know, almost all of the uh, relevant passing game snaps as well. Uh, okay. Let's see. Let's talk about, uh, so Let's go Niners first. So Debo, Ayuk, uh, those are the two, I guess, people. There, there's probably going to be a lot of situations where people are kind of deciding between them because it's really hard to cover all your bases and get both of them in uh, outside of just, you know, straight up Purdy, you know, passing game onslaught type stacks. Uh, any 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 thoughts on those two value-wise? Uh, what, are you, what are you projecting there? Yeah, I'm thinking uh, Debo here, uh, just because, you know, the the Chiefs are a tough matchup, um, you know, when it comes to the secondary, and it sounds like, you know, they might try to get LeJarrius Sneed on Ayuk most of the time, Uh, whereas Debo, it's just easier to set him up for mismatches, like you alluded to, give him more design rush attempts, Um, plus he he should be fully healthy now. I know he was playing through some pain uh, in the championship round with the shoulder injury so he's fully healthy he has I mean I don't get me wrong with Ayuk he has a massive ceiling but this is a spot where we, we have to lower expectations a bit so out of the two I would definitely go with uh, Debo here yeah Ayuk is 
my lowest projected, you know, straight up like point per dollar value of, of the guys in that top tier, you yeah. know, above 6K. So I think he's perfect for tournaments because, you know, in cash game, like he's just not, he's like the worst value of the expensive guys. But there are a couple of things working for him to still hit his ceiling and be valuable in a tournament setting. Number one is like, he's not as sexy as McCaffrey or Debo and he's not as cheap as Kittles. So right there, like <laughs> he's, his roster ship might be low, the lowest of the, you know, main 49er players just based off that. But also, yeah, the chiefs are, you know, one of the best pass defenses in the league, but because of that, they play a ton of man coverage and Brandon Ayuk going up against man coverage he was one of the best receivers. He like he was he was top five this year yeah. against man coverage and yards per outrun according to Pro Football Focus. So uh, there's you know Ayuk has the skill to kind of match up with with Jerry Sneed, which by the way is has been one of my favorite corners. Uh, so it's, mm-hmm. it's not an easy matchup at all if that's yeah. who he gets. But um, I think it just kind of makes it. It's like it sets the delineation really perfectly. Where it's like you know Rice, Pacheco, those uh, Debo. Um, all those guys, a lot more, you know, cash game, you know, weaning type plays where you want a higher floor. But Ayuk is the perfect tournament play because he's the lowest value. So, you know, even in, you know, people using like the lineup generators and stuff, like he's going to come up the least um, in those just because of he's, you know, I'm sure just throughout the industry is probably going to have the lowest projected uh, value among these guys. So uh, that's how I would use uh, Ayuk. Um, I want to talk about the. I want to talk about MVS real quick. Uh, MVS, because so here, this is like probably one of the most interesting and nerdy questions of the Super Bowl for <laughs> I people think I like know us. Going to be, yeah, I yeah. I it's, gonna be. it's so like the whole year, Marquez Valdez Scantling was around a sixty-five percent route participation rate. Right, um, he would jump up to seventy-five, maybe even eighty, a couple of times, but for the most part, it's sixty-five. But we 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 all saw like Patrick Mahomes trusting him more and more down the stretch. And then in the most important game of the year, uh, he gets a 96% rate. So I guess my question is, number one, what are you actually projecting for this game for his just his route rate? But number two, like, what are the chances that he gets, like, that full 96% again, uh, essentially 100%, like, every snap? Because that would give him some added upside even compared to what I think, you know, the median yeah. is. So what are, you, what are your thoughts on just how, how, how to project that? Yeah, that was uh, pretty crazy. Uh, it looked like it just came all at the expense of Nico Hardman, mm-hmm. um, from what I As saw. It As it yeah, yeah. So I have him right around seventy-five percent. I could probably get behind like eighty percent. Um, I mean, he could obviously have ninety-six percent. He just did last week. Um, but you know, this is one of those situations. I think it will regress down. Um, so I have him right around the seventy-five percent range. I do have Nico Hardman like back up to fifteen percent. Uh, but yeah, that, that just goes to show like his, his upside is massive. Um, you know, he doesn't see many targets, but if he's out there, every Mahomes drop back, you know, going deep, it just increases the chances that he will catch deep pass. I think the fact that he did have, you know, back-to-back good games, you know, he had two catches um, for 62 yards uh, in the divisional round and two catches for 38 in the, the conference championship. So he is, you know, providing them value with all this playing time. So I do think it will stick, uh, but I, I can't project it to be over 90. So I have it 75 to 80%. What about you? I have it 85%. Uh, the okay. way I got there is I essentially used like the last couple of games and I, I just weighted them like in, in the inverse. So like 
like three games, like the, the if I, I think I used three games and like the most recent game was worth three. The second most recent game was worth two and like came out to about 80, 80, around 85%. Um, right. So I'm, I'm going to have them there. I think that's kind of what the, the books are using because my numbers are lining up with them yeah. pretty, pretty well. Uh, but like, yeah, I, I see the point is MVS is a guy where there is some added upside because I don't think anyone's projecting him to run another 96%, but because that was the most important game of the year, that's very possible. So um, he's a, he's a guy uh, I know you look at like the quarter splits and stuff. He's a guy that like, also if they're, if they're trailing, right. Would, would probably be uh, a lot better, like a lot better option, yeah. than, like a trailing game skill. Right. And uh, yeah. And, and Justin Watson kind of similar. He's another guy. I know you bet what the under three and a half yards first quarter. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> at minus yep. one ten, baby. Yeah. I would there do it again go. too. So, um, so that's kind of the same deal with those two guys. I will say, you know, Watson is 6K cheaper now. He's, his route rate usually is uh, a little more stable. Yeah, sorry, sorry, 600. Wow, yeah, <laughs> six, not 6K. That would be amazing. Um, you'd be negative priced. Yeah, uh, negative $3,000. You yeah. could buy somebody take else. take him. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, so he's $600 cheaper on DK. And I have him projected just a couple of tenths below MVS, so a little bit better of a point per dollar value, but um, I, I would think that he's going to be a little bit lower owned than MVS just because of the two big games. So he's a decent pivot, especially in lineups where you're thinking, okay, Kansas City may uh, may get behind. Yeah, well, you took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, I do think he has a low floor in the first quarter. I don't want him catching any passes. <laughs> um, but he typically does his damage in the second quarter. I'm guessing because, you know, the two minute offense, when, whenever the chiefs are in a pass heavy, maybe comeback situation, Watson has a ton of upside. And while we're projecting, you know, MVS to run more routes, neither player gets targeted that much. So the extra routes doesn't give him that much of a boost. Yeah. So, you know, that both players are projected to be around one and a half catches and, you know, both both players are, you know, downfield threats. He can make a big play. So, yeah, I agree. I think that the fact that Watson's cheaper, he's probably overlooked. Um, I think that he's a great play at 2,400. Um, really, those three receivers right there, like Juwan Jennings, MVS, Justin Watson, I have them all projected around the same median. Um, but, you know, Watson's the cheapest of the three, and he'll probably be overlooked. So I, I do agree. I think Watson is a pretty sneaky play. I just don't want him to have any catches in the first quarter is all. <laughs> he won't he won't it's okay no uh, but he usually doesn't he usually doesn't yeah, usually does uh, four uh, catches all year in the first quarter nuts. so nuts uh <laughs> yeah and speaking of jennings yeah he's 3600 mvs is 3k uh and watson's 2400 on DraftKings. i actually have jennings projected the lowest of the three by a few tenths um so he's the guy that uh i'll be you know the lowest uh i'll have the least of just because of that um uh, you know he's another guy kind of projected right around one and a half catches but i think san francisco has just been so uh deliberate about you know who they're targeting everyone's healthy mm-hmm. for this game so it's going to be tough for jennings unless you get like another debo injury or something yeah. uh like that um i do like richie james though he's only 400 and he played 17 snaps ran eight routes uh, which is about a 17% rate in the conference championship for the playoffs. He's averaged a 20% route participation rate. So he is the wide receiver four. and uh, last Super Bowl, you know, Sky Moore scored as the wide receiver for his first touchdown of the year. Uh, Tony scored on one catch as 
like the wide receiver five playing, I think even less than 20% uh, of the, of the past snaps in that, in that game. So I think uh, Richie James, like for his first touchdown of the year is uh, totally possible uh, in this spot. And I think he's, uh, you know, on a point per dollar basis, he's like a better value than all of those other like cheap guys in like the two, you know, three to two to three K uh, range. What do you think of uh, James? Oh yeah, no, I love that call. Um, plus I, he has the added upside of being their kick returner. So you could stack them with the chiefs defense. Um, I have, I have a bet on him to have the most return yards in that game. He's been really aggressive in returning punts, probably too aggressive. And the uh, Niners punter, Mitch Wisnowski, just booms it, kicks it low, so he it's very returnable. They've had the fourth worst uh, punt return coverage DVO as well. So I think there is a path for Richie James to also have a punt return a touchdown. Like you said, even as like the fourth or fifth receiver, he could end up catching a couple passes. And yeah, he's mega salary relief at four hundred dollars. So I think he provides enough upside in that range to definitely you know have some shares of. Yeah, he's the and and then Hardman, you know, it's like it's like what zero to fifteen percent project somewhere in there will probably yeah. be where he lands. Um, yeah, so he he's, could do some damage with just one catch too, but yeah. yeah, it's it's really hard to project him uh, for anything more than that. But he does have that upside of if he does get a touch, he could take it to the house. Yeah, he's I mean he's four times as much as costly as James, so it's gonna it's tough to justify unless you're like right. I, I would say like making you know. A, you're close to the max entry amount of entries in like a bigger contest <laughs> um you get some harmon in but like point per dollar projection things like that uh yeah he's he's minus ev uh okay let's go to tight end and uh i know you like uh noah gray a lot uh talk to me about noah gray yeah so he's um you know 1800 and i have him in the same tier as those three receivers uh juan jennings mbs justin watson the common theme with all four players is their receptions prop is one and a half. They're basically a coin flip at one and a half, yet he's, you know, twice as cheap. Um, you know, granted, he doesn't have the same big play upside as the three mm-hmm. wide receivers, but he still has, you know, touchdown upside. Um, you know, in the red zone, the Chiefs tend to use more two to three tight end personnel than other teams, and they've ramped that up even more in the playoffs. So he's out there quite a bit, and, you know, even though he's the backup tight end, He's, you know, a decent bet for a couple of catches here. So I think he's definitely worth the flyer at $1,800. Um, just considering those three wide receivers we talked about are, you know, twice as expensive. So I, I do like uh, Noah Gray at that price tag. Yeah, uh, the Chiefs have definitely, and I think we'll continue to to go uh, with more heavy personnel. Uh, for that reason, like I even like Blake Bell, like, you know, just on the off chance he catches a, a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. He's min price. So uh, I think he's worth some, some shots. Uh, Kelsey, we kind of know what he is. Like he's uh, 18 touchdowns in 17 games with Mahomes. He scored in 13 out of 17 postseason games. That is, uh, so I think he'll find a way to to put up uh, a good game in this spot. But I, the guy I really want to talk about is Kittle um, because he is in a tier where it's Rasheed Rice at 7,600, who we love as a value, um, and then Kittle at 6,400, and then Jake Moody uh, is like the next guy at 5200 so there's a a 2400 dollar price gap where the only guy is george kittle and he's right in the middle of it so uh what are your what are your thoughts on kittle and and his value and just like you know given that he's kind of the linchpin 
what, like, where do you lean as far as like playing him, uh, fading him or, or what? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, you know, I like Rasheed Rice a lot more than Kittle. So I think paying up those extra $1,200 is well worth it. And I like Kittle way more than Jake Moody. So that that is an interesting <laughs> dynamic. Uh, I wonder if that means his ownership will be more or less than we expect. But this um, this toe injury is a concern. It doesn't look like it's going to impact him too much. So maybe um, just having the questionable tag and the hospital icon next to him will help, uh, you know, hurt his uh, ownership a bit. But, you know, Kittle's one of those guys that he has just a massive um, – I would say range of outcomes because he has a really, really high ceiling, you know, one of the highest at the tight end position where, you know, sometimes he can be the odd man out if it's a Debo, Ayuk, McCaffrey game as well. So I think that on a showdown site like this, I'm absolutely taking some flyers. Um, you know, I, I think some of his props are too low too. Like his longest reception at 20 and a half yards seems kind of low, but he, he's that kind of guy where he might only catch a few passes, but every time he catches it, it's an explosive play. He has touch on upside. Um, so, yeah, I, I do like Kittle, maybe not for like his medium projection at his price tag, but certainly in terms of roster construction, because like you said, he's in no man's land where you can kind of create some unique lineups with him because of that. Yeah, yeah, he's like he's definitely not up there with Rice in terms of or even Pacheco and projected points per dollar. I think the way to use him. I think you do have to kind of go out of your way to be a little more contrarian because I I do think since he's the cheapest like stud caliber player, mm. uh, he and he is in that weird tier that he is going to get a lot of uh, uh, he's going to be very popular. So, uh, but I also think people are going to kind of sprinkle him in anytime they have like a Purdy, you know, Debo stack or a Purdy Ayuk stack, something like that. He's going to yeah. get sprinkled in. So I think you know the way I would kind of use it is maybe fade him in most of my Samuel or Ayuk lineups and kind of play him maybe just with McCaffrey and Purdy or something like just something to get a little bit of differentiation versus I feel like he's going to be that kind of guy that's sprinkled in everywhere because he just fits so well at 6,400 where whereas you know there's so many studs that you you're trying to jam in anyway uh, and there and there are options you know like fill it out so um yeah that's how I, I think I think just trying to be a little contrarian with how you uh use him in roster construction that yeah, that, I didn't even think of, that makes a ton of sense. Anybody that has like 7,500 left over yeah. uh, will just be like, oh, well, I might as well just take Kittle, you know? So that, that does make sense. Okay. And then, so th- there's like a tier three, like that Moody starts it off. It's the kickers and the defenses. I'm curious because, like, I have, I actually have Bucker projected a, a, a po- more than a point above Moody. Bucker's a little bit like $200 cheaper. Um, are you are you in line with that? Or do you have Moody projected for more? How are you how are you looking at these two kickers? Yeah, no, I have I have Butker projected for point four more. Okay, and he's two hundred dollars cheaper. So uh, yeah, I, I would definitely go with Butker there. Um, but one of those things. What, what do you think? Like the roster ship breakdown will be. I, I would it's assume Butker. Well, I, I would assume Butker would be the more popular one. So I think it's yeah. pretty obvious he shouldn't be the cheaper one. So. Um, I don't know. I, I would take flyers of both because you're just banking on, you know, that team maybe stalling in the red zone or whatnot. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think Butker should be the more expensive one. Yeah. And for this, for like, I, I don't, I wouldn't look at ownership as much just because I think all these guys should be and probably will be owned pretty low. I, you know, for the kicker to hit um, probably need, you know, lower scoring game than usual, but we have seen Butker with a, a, a quite a few of these, like, you know, double digit, uh, mm-hmm. fantasy game so uh, 
I like Butker more. I'll be I'll be on him uh, heavier. As far as the defenses, the Niners are uh, 10k more than the Chiefs, and I have I have the Niners projected for a little bit, uh, like maybe like two tenths of a point more, but. I, you know, not a 10, not a full 1K difference. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, I like, I like the Chiefs defense for value as well. Uh, any thoughts on, on those two? Absolutely. Yeah. I actually have, uh, the Chiefs for 0.1 more projected mm. points. So, yeah, the thousand dollars, it's, it's a no brainer. I mean, just Mahomes, um, he's just tough to sack. So that, that's probably the, the stickiest thing to project for defenses. Um, so that, that's a big hit. Uh, you know, I would say Purdy's more likely to turn it over, uh, as well. So it's, it's kind of a no brainer. I, I think that people will realize that, but yeah, I think it, they should be evenly priced. So the fact that the Niners are one K more expensive is, uh, incorrect in my opinion. Yeah. And you know, the thing with that is, I mean, in tournaments, the defense tends to have a higher, uh, you know, ceiling because you can get like an eight point play from the defense. You know, if you get a interception pick six or something like that, or a fumble six or a sack fumble six would be nine points, I guess. Right. Yeah. Nine points. So the kick kickers can only get, you know, what max five out of five points, uh, you know, per, mm. per, per, you know, high up, uh, high ceiling play. So the kicker, uh, the defenses are generally the ones you want to lean toward in, in tournaments so yeah the chiefs do stick out you could also stack them with uh uh richie james who will yeah, be returning play you yeah could have a, yeah you could have a 12 point play uh okay let's go to dk we'll each we'll each build a lineup and uh so that'll be interesting because that'll force us <laughs> to kind of yeah make some plays that maybe we wouldn't make on a normal slate but just kind of figuring out how to uh fill, fill out lineup construction with different builds uh so uh you can start us off uh with a pick it doesn't have to be the captain pick if you don't want it right, to be just right um because we're going to do a dk showdown but just whatever pick you want to make uh you're up first um well i'm gonna do um a double whammy here i'm gonna take rasheed rice in the captain slot okay like it like it uh yeah he's just such a good value i am going to i'm gonna go ahead and grab a richie james uh at 400 just to get my cheapest guy out of the way in the captain slot or flex no I'm no joking. no not I'm in the joking, captain slot. i'm joking absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine um i've seen stranger things happen yeah in showdown slates true. but <laughs> um let's see so yeah, i'll take uh noah gray all right let's go christian mccaffrey captain just do it the, oh, I have the, the yeah. chiefest guy the chiefest guy that i like in, in james i'll go mccaffrey in the captain spot that leaves me 7900 for the last four uh who you got for your third yeah that is the optimal play well since i have rasheed rice and noah gray uh i'm gonna just take patrick mahomes to get that stack going all right i'll take my other favorite value uh in that mid-range isaiah pacheco at nice. 8k right on right so, on the remaining so i have 78 66 for the last three now you have the uh dual running back yep, stack yep. there all right um i'm gonna go with uh so i have about 8700 remaining per player uh i'm gonna go with debo all right let's go kelsey 10 10.2 <laughs> that gives me 67 left but i need to get some share of the Chiefs <laughs> yeah, passing I game i got Mahomes. McCaffrey pacheco yeah exactly oh i'm sorry to everybody but kelsey please uh <laughs> yeah good luck with that oh man um uh, well i'm gonna take the other quarterback i think i can okay. make this work i'm gonna take brock purdy 
All right. So I got 6,700. So I, that kind of forces me to take Ayuk because he's the only, uh, <laughs> like the only guy that's even going to yeah. matter salary wise. Cause yeah, you got Mahomes and Purdy and Debo. I got McCaffrey, uh, Kelsey Pacheco. So yeah, I'll go, uh, I'll go Brandon Ayuk. So that gives me 4,600. I got worried. I thought you said you had 6,700 left for one more player or something. I know that didn't make sense, but. Oh, oh no, per, yeah. I thought there was only one player that you could take there. We talked about him. Uh, yeah. So, and then I was screwed. Uh, so I have $7,000 left. Uh, and we kind of talked about this. So <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go George Kittle at 6,400. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, I feel like a lot of people are going to run into that exact yeah. same thing. <laughs> okay. So. I I have 4,600 left. Niners defense, Juwan Jennings, MVS. Uh, let's see. Watson's in play. Um, I'm going to go with the upside. Give me MVS uh, because yeah. I like that upside of him potentially running like 95% uh, route rate in this game. So, uh, and since you have Mahomes, you know, if he does complete a big play, it's most likely going to be to MVS downfield. So, yeah, we'll go MVS at 3K. Uh, we have 1,600 on the table. Um, so that's so that's actually, like, if if somebody was kind of following this, you could actually bump, like, Richie James up to, like, a Noah Gray or something like that, too. So there's a lot of options, mm. even with McCaffrey in the, uh, in the captain spot. All right, uh, recap, what do you got? Yeah, so my captain slot, I went with Rasheed Rice, uh, and then I went with – both quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes and Brock Purdy, uh, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and Noah Gray. I got uh, CMC in the captain spot, and then Kelsey, Pacheco, Ayuk, uh, MVS, and Richie James. And Rich, again, with Richie James, you can kind of swap him out with whoever your favorite uh, cheap yeah. guy under uh, 2K would be. So uh, let's see how that goes. And uh, yeah, that's going to do it for... This is another season of Fancy Flex. Uh, we thank everybody for uh, tuning in each and every week. Uh, if you're still looking for more uh, betting content, check out the Action Network podcast channel. We have our Palooza episode out. We have uh, just a bunch of episodes, uh, you know, the six-pack with Stucky and I. Uh, so we're breaking all that down. Uh, ActionNetwork.com for all of our NFL uh, betting and fantasy content, fantasylabs.com for our DFS tools and models. Don't forget the Discord server. Link will be in the episode description for that. Uh, don't forget uh, the Fantasy Sync feature of the Action Network app, which uh, Sean is at the underscore odds maker. I'm at Chris Raybon. Uh, we're at those same handles on Twitter. Shout out to uh, all of our producers, David Payne, uh, the video team, everybody. And again, uh, thank you for listening. Good luck. Uh, Enjoy the Super Bowl 58, and uh, we'll be back uh, probably in around a little before uh, draft time. So uh, until then, let's get this money. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.